0: This week on episode 103 of the Docs to Dads podcast, there's a parenting method I've been using since my oldest was very small that has become one of my favorite tools in my parenting toolbox. And I want to share it with you today. We're channeling our inner Mike Tirico this week on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Welcome back to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant. and this week, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite parenting techniques that I have been using since my kid. my oldest was was very small. This is just kind of something that I've always done. and I've been thinking about it a little bit more this week because I did an episode recently where I was talking about all the sports that have been on in my house recently and my oldest recent obsession with uh, sports and and now in particular, um football and NFL football. And it got me thinking as I was listening to the telecasts of these football games about something that I heard uh in a talk at the AAP conference that I went to back in October. And this is a parenting style that I didn't realize was even supported by developmental research. It's just something that made sense to me, um, and that I had been doing um for a while. But it's something that I've done for all three of my kids since they were very young. And I think it has helped with my relationship with them, especially in those younger, earlier days. Um, and it's contributed to my kids being very early talkers with a really great vocabularies. Uh, and this is a parenting method called play-by-play parenting. And it's also called RIE parenting, R-I-E. I just want to talk a little bit about play-by-play parenting today because um, it's been something that's Worked really well for me. Now, overall, and I did some episodes on parenting styles um, quite a while ago, and and I don't think that I would say that my parenting style or my parenting methods are sort of always reliably the same thing. I, I try to adapt kind of what I'm doing to how old my kid is and what they need in the moment and what's what else is is going on. So, right sometimes. You know, your kids need something that's a little bit more prescriptive and something that says like, no, you're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. But uh, there are other situations where giving them a little bit more flexibility and letting them take the lead on certain things can work really well. Uh, What do we mean when we say play-by-play parenting? So uh, when you're listening to one of these telecasts of an NFL football game, there's usually two uh, people on the on the telecast, sort of talking through the game and talking about what's happening, and generally one of them is a play-by-play announcer, so somebody who kind of talks through what's happening on the field without a, a lot of analysis necessarily in the moment, but just sort of a a more unimpassioned description of like this is what's happening uh, on the field, you know the. The best guys at this are usually actually on radio because they have to sort of paint the picture more, more fully. But there are certainly a lot of really great guys um, who do this on TV as well. And so this is uh, these guys are not always, you know, sort of former players. These guys are, are usually more sort of lifelong sport journalist types. Um, these are your Joe Bucks and Mike Tirico's and and those kind of folks uh, who are there, sort of talking through the game as it's happening and then usually they're partnered with somebody called a color commentator who sort of fills in the gaps and talks about offers a little bit more analysis of like was that a good call or was that a bad call was there a mistake that happened there uh or or what happened exactly and in most settings these are former players who are now retired who are in the booth kind of talking through their own experiences what they sort of would imagine uh, is happening in the huddle, what kind of conversations are happening based on their experience of having been in similar situations before. And so this parenting style, you want to sort of channel your inner Mike Tirico or or Joe Buck. I'm a big Mike Tirico fan, so we'll talk about, (laughs) we'll call it the Mike Tirico, but to just kind of talk through what exactly you're doing with your kids. And I think this was a, is a particularly useful thing for dads because one, I think every dad kind of intuitively understands based on whatever sort of sports you might watch. You know, every everything kind of has this kind of play-by-play person who's kind of talking through it regardless of what you're doing. And so I think dads can kind of tap into that and have some experience of like, what does that look like exactly? But also one of the biggest pain points that I hear from dads a lot is like they're not really sure exactly what to do or what to say when they're with their kids and they're playing so they want to go and they want to play and it's fine as long as they're like on the same page and whatever but sometimes they want to like try to engage a little bit more and they're not quite sure exactly what to say and I think this is true especially with little, little babies, like, what do I, what do I do when I'm like holding this little baby? What do what do I do? What do I say to them? How do I like show affection in some way? Like they feel like they should be saying something in the moment rather than just sitting there quietly with the, with a baby who's awake, but maybe isn't quite old enough to like play on their own yet or, or engage with toys or those kinds of things. And so this play by play parenting has been a really nice technique for me to sort of fill those silences in a way that allows interaction with my children. And as silly as it may sound on the face of it, the idea is basically just that you're going to do play-by-play of whatever it is that you're doing with your kids, starting from very young. And so early on, you know, as I was, uh, you know, feeding my baby or making the bottle or changing the diaper, you're literally just like, oh, ha ha ha, here we go. We're going to, you know, we're going to change your diaper, open this side, open that side. Oh, what a big mess you made. And these kinds of, you know, it can feel a little bit silly, but I have found that my kids really engage with that because you're talking to them. And one, it's a good way for them to sort of hear the language. You sort of naturally leave some silences there that they'll eventually start sort of speaking back into. And that's how they learn sort of the turn-taking of conversation. And so there's a lot of really important skills that you can start teaching really young just by sort of adopting this technique. Early on, it'll be those kinds of things. You're just sort of narrating the play by play of what you're doing as you're making a bottle or as you're changing a diaper or as you're like, oh, we're getting a little sleepy. Let's rock together, you know, as you're getting ready for bed. Um, And those are the baby maybe isn't doing as much, but that just sort of gives you something to say to them. And if you say it in a sort of loving and affectionate tone, then that sort of teaches them the language. It teaches them that you love them and teaches them that you're like there to fix those problems. Um, And the other thing that's nice is that it, it sort of starts from a young age, giving them language for what are these problems that we're having i'm mad because i'm hungry oh are you, you know because you are reflecting that back to the child and saying like oh you're upset maybe you're hungry i think it's time for you to eat so why don't i pick you up and let's go get you let's go get you a bottle or let me let me take you over to mom you know if mom is is nursing you know like ah oh, let's go and let's go see if we can find mom together and then you go off on an adventure to find mom and I feel like some dads might find this a little bit silly, but I swear that it works and it, it can be a lot of fun if you sort of just tell the tell the tale of the, of the adventure that you go on together and it's a lot of fun. And then as kids get older, they'll start to get a little bit more independent and you'll start doing stuff together. And maybe instead of you're doing everything, uh, maybe you're taking a walk together and you have them point things out to you as part of your walk together. And that's an opportunity to talk about shapes and colors and letters and words and have them start to read. You know, as kids get a little bit older, as you're you're going down, we're like, oh, what letters do you see? Can we find the letter, you know, and using those kinds of techniques to just sort of narrate what you're doing to together. Like we're walking down the street and it it Again, just kind of one shows that you're engaged and you're present in the moment because you can only describe to your child what's going on if you're paying attention and you know what's going on. That's one of the big things. And then as they get a little bit older and you're doing playtime together and they're building with their blocks or they have a train set that they're trying to put together or a puzzle that they're working on, you can just watch what they're doing and play by play. Mm what you know my just an example of this was just yesterday my kids were working on a new puzzle that they had gotten for christmas that had a few different animals on it and as they were starting to pull out the pieces i was just sort of noticing you know i'm watching him like oh wow it looks like it looks like your brother's gonna start with uh, with the lion on the puzzle maybe he's gonna work on the on the lion and it looks like you oh you're starting to pick out the pieces that have elephant on them how about that you know and you're just sort of talking through what's happening and then you know it's an opportunity sometimes to say something that isn't true to see how they're <laughs> see how they're paying attention oh do those you know are those the pieces that have the monkey on them they're not oh it's the elephant that's it's again another way to sort of engage with your kids a little bit more as you're talking through what's happening. And that's the most important thing I think as kids get older about this particular parenting technique is it's a way to foster that connection between you and your kids. And the point is that you're going to put your phone away while you're playing and you're going to be in that moment with your kid noticing what they're doing. And one of the fun things about this for you is that you'll actually start to see those developmental milestones a lot earlier because you're paying closer attention. Not just because you're engaged in helping them develop those things earlier, although that may be true as well, but you'll notice them just because you're paying closer attention. And so that's a really fun way to use that playtime as a way that also sort of builds that connection between you um, and your child. And The other nice thing about this approach is that it takes some of the pressure off of you to like come up with something for you to do because you're just narrating everyday life as if it were an adventure that you're on together. You know, I, I used to say with my kids every time and and still do sometimes every time they're getting in their car seat, we're talking about, we're going on an adventure. Where are we going today? You know, and, and just talking the kids through like, this is our plan for the day we're going to go on an adventure together. Like I need you to get dressed so that we can go on an adventure together and and just sort of using that kind of language um, sort of engages them a little bit um, better. But it also takes some of that pressure off because you're letting them take the lead during playtime, whatever they're playing with, you're letting them do it and you're not trying to dictate what they're going to do next. You're not trying to push them to like, make a higher tower necessarily or build a particular thing or put the puzzle pieces together in a particular order you're just sort of noticing what is their problem solving approach how are they going about trying to get the puzzle put together right how are they responding when the tower always falls over after a certain number of blocks do they notice that they need to make a change in how they're doing it or, or something like that right the idea here is that you're not coaching you're just given the play-by-play you're not the color commentator you're not offering advice unless it's asked for you're not offering assessment of like oh that was you know even excessive amounts of like oh that was a really good job you know like when when they do something sort of legitimately impressive then certainly mention it you know but you're just sort of noticing like oh now you got the tower up to up to six blocks and that that's it you don't have to offer any additional sort of now let's go for eight or, or anything like that. You just sort of are along for the ride in that way. You don't want to get bogged down in asking too many questions about what they're doing and those kinds of things either because that sort of interferes with their thought process. And what you really want to try to notice is how is their brain working? How are they going through the steps of problem solving when there's a challenge that they face or something like that? And so you really just want to, let them do what they're gonna do and notice where they're running into problems and then really only intervene if it's leading to a lot of frustration or if they ask you specifically uh, you know to help them with something in particular. but you know they're working on something you know they always have something going on in their brains so that they're trying to figure out they're working on they're trying a different skill they're trying something different and it might be different than what you think they should be working on and that's okay most of the time and the most important thing is just to be there in the moment with them talking through what's going on and not ask too many questions to interfere with their thought process that can lead to like transitions because they have to stop what they're doing and talk to you and then they have to try to come back to what they were doing and they lose their train of thought much easier uh, than adults do and certainly we do it easy enough uh, as it is and so all of that to say you just don't want to spend too much time asking questions or trying to push them to go in a certain direction while you're using this approach. You just want to kind of offer the play by play and it shows that you're engaged. The biggest benefits that I've seen from using this type of approach, even starting from that very early age is primarily relational for me. I think just like it is a way that I can show my kids that I'm engaged and involved in what they're doing uh, it's a way, even in those early days when you don't always feel like you have something to say, or you're not sure what you can talk about with your baby, you just kind of talk through it. Like, this is what we're doing together. We're on an adventure of a diaper, another diaper change. Here we are, sick time today. And it just sort of is a way to more fully ingrain those interactions in your mind and remember them better, but also a way to sort of lay the foundation for healthy attachment with your baby by sort of being there in the moment and talking to them about that. The other sort of more practical benefit to this that I, I feel like I've seen with my kids is that this exposes them to the language, you know, and this is an opportunity for, for parents who want to try to teach their children more than one language. If you're, you're fluent in more than one language and you want to try to teach teach it to them, you know, this is a way to expose them to whatever languages you might want them to, to hear. Because part of what we need to be able to be successful at speaking various languages, especially from an early age, is just exposure to hearing the language spoken. And so this is an opportunity to do that from that very early age. And I'd encourage you if you're doing this to, you know, you can do it in a affectionate tone of voice you can do it in sort of a sing-songy tone of voice, but I really encourage you to just use the normal language that you would use if you were describing. You know, if, you know, your your wife came home and was like, "What'd you do with the baby while I was out?" You just would t- would tell them like, "Oh, these are the things that we we would do." You know, you would use basically the same language and the same tone of you know the same style of of speaking that you, with your baby as you would with your wife. That gets them exposed to sort of normal grammatic structure. It gets them exposed to a wide variety of vocabulary. And sometimes, you know, my wife would laugh at me sometimes, but even with my little babies, I'm sort of asking them to say something, giving them that moment to like, oh, we're going to change your diaper. Can you say diaper? Like, of course, my two-month-old can't say diaper. They're not supposed to yet. But it just sort of gets them used to those types of interactions where we're having conversations and I'm leaving a silence, a space for them to say something back. And then eventually once they get to like four or five months um developmentally, I'll say, can you say diaper? And of course they can't say diaper yet, but I'll say, can you say diaper? And they'll go back, ooh, ooh, ooh. And they'll know that like that's the spot for them to say something. And then I respond positively to that. Like, oh, diaper, yes. You know, and then we move on to like, oh now we're gonna get the wipe. Can you say Wipe again, it might seem uh, a little bit silly at first because you're you know asking your kids to do things that they definitely can't do. Um, so you can't ask them with the accept- with the expectation that they're going to do it. Um, but it sort of gets them used to having some of those conversations and getting used to sort of having that space where you want them to talk to you, right? that you are leaving that spot in the conversation for them to eventually fill as they gain those skills. Um, and so getting kids used to hearing the language and hearing vocabulary and um, those kinds of things is a big step towards language development. And so that's a thing that I always really like because as I'm like commentating through giving the play-by-play of, of what we're doing, the kids are listening to me talk and sort of hearing language in the way that we, we speak. And then finally, as kids get older and you're doing this play-by-play, we've talked about this a bit already, is you're just allowing the child to to take the lead and you're sort of taking your lead from them. So you're noticing what's going on. If they need an extra set of hands, you're there to help, but not to dictate the direction of play or to direct them in in some way while you're doing this sort of free flow play time. Um, But you're just there to sort of continue to be engaged with your child and doing the things that they like to do. And you can do this with anything. I think that's my last sort of benefit or thing that I like the most about this is this is a thing that you can do anytime. So you can do it during playtime, and that's nice. And that's kind of when the kids are going to take the most lead. But I literally would do this all the time and even catch myself doing it now with my three-year-old periodically where we're, we're like just talking through like, oh, we're going to put our our clothes on, let's do the right arm, which one's the right arm, you know, and you're so you're just sort of talking through what's happening, and showing that you're fully engaged in what's going on, and inviting them to be fully engaged in what's going on, uh, which can sometimes be very difficult for a three year old to do, as some of you might remember, I like that you can sort of do this really anytime. Um, And so those are the really the the big benefits um, that I have found from sort of using this technique in my sort of day-to-day parenting life. Again, at first, uh, I really want to encourage you to try this. At first, it might feel a little silly because you're sort of talking to to no one, especially in those in those early days. But if you kind of get in the habit of just talking through, like, what are we doing? I think you'll find that it's a nice way to maybe fill some of those silences that you feel like you should be saying something, but you're not always exactly you know, sure what to say. This can be a nice way to do that. And it's a way to encourage babies to find their voice. Um, and then you encourage them once they do that. And so I just, I really would encourage you to, to try this a couple of times, especially if you have little, little, little ones, I would just encourage you to give this a try and see if you find that it, that it makes a difference, you know, while you're out for a walk or you're out at the park, or whatever you might be doing with your, your kids, like, try to talk a little bit more about like what you're doing and where you're going and and noticing things a little bit more and give your kids an opportunity to kind of engage more fully in that with you in order to deepen that relationship and, and teach them, you know, new words and new vocabulary. And, and there's a lot of like good benefits that can come from that as well. So I want to thank you again, uh, as always for taking the time to, Uh, Listen to this episode. I hope it encourages you to uh, channel your inner Mike Tirico and do some play-by-play for your kids uh, this week. I would love to hear from you if you have tried this before or if you try it for the first time in the next couple of weeks. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on social media. I'm at DocsToDad'sPod on Facebook and Instagram or at Dr. Scott Grant on uh, LinkedIn. Or you can shoot me an email at DocsToDad'sPod at gmail.com. I also, going into the new year, would would like to request if you've enjoyed the show and and found it useful, uh, if you can go to your favorite podcast player and give us that five-star review, leave us a review, uh, recommend the show to a friend. These are are really big ways for us to grow. We've seen a lot of growth uh, in 2023, and I'm hopeful that 2024 is going to be a big year for us as we move into year three of Docs to Dads, and I am just really grateful to get to do this uh, for you guys uh, every week and if there's a topic that you want to hear about I'd love to to do that so please reach out to me let's let's connect and let's figure out a way um, to make sure I'm giving you what you need uh, in your parenting journey. I want to say thanks as always to Phil Rabon for editing the show and I want to encourage you to tune in next week where I'm going to be doing a little bit of a retrospective and kind of talking about what are the big lessons that I learned in 2023 that I'm going to take forward with me into 2024 uh, as a parent and as a pediatrician and I hope that you'll join me for that next week. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, and stronger communities. Thanks so much. The information included in this podcast and other DocSudAds platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.